Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to the Sofa Cinema Club with me, with me, Colson Smith, and as always, I'm joined by... And, and I'm here too, Jack P. Shepherd. Joining me on my podcast are Ben Elliott. I thought you were going to say Benny Elliott. Benny Elliott. The Sofa Cinema Club is our podcast where we get together and educate each other on films. Now, it's all about the films we should have seen, but we haven't. Each week, we sit in a studio and talk about a film that the other has told us to watch, and we talk about what we loved, hated, and rated. Now, the beauty of our film club is that anyone can join in. All you have to do is watch along at home and then join us every single Thursday. This week's film has been picked by you guys at home, the audience. It's your first pick of Series 4, and you've started off with Billy Elliot. But before we get into chatting all things Billy Elliot, as always, three weeks into the series, how's your week been? We've had Bancaldi, haven't we? We have. And the sun's been out for the first time in how many months? Jesus. Since the start of summer, really, isn't it? Well, it's been depressing up north. We've had nothing. I don't know what it's been like down south. But... Boiling. <laughs> We've got no water. <laughs> Hose pipe ban. Yeah, we've had ninety days of sun. It's unreal. I can't. I can't. I'm sick of it. I just want the rain now. Well, I've been yeah. up there, haven't I? Oh, it's a nightmare. So much rain. But we've had a weekend of it. We've had about three days of it, Ben, and we've all gone mad, haven't we? The Keys is like Ocean Beach in Ibiza. It's just <laughs> kids with their tops off diving in. It's like love, loving life. Bit hammered diving into the shopping trolleys. It's that weird thing that gets me as well of when you live in England, you have the option to live somewhere else where it is nice and sunny every day. But the one day a month in England where the weather's good seems to make it all worthwhile. Like, everyone seems to be buzzing, don't they? But you are happier if it's sunny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of stress does go away. So, you know, in the sun, you have a barbecue. You're a big one for a barbecue, aren't you, Cole? outside. I love a barbecue. You love a barbecue. Yeah. Have you ever heard of one of those things called a chimney? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not like a fire pit, is it? It's like a little mini chimney. Yeah. So uh, a couple of people, new people from school, just moved in, moved in. I was like, oh, come for a drink, come for a drink. 
My wife says to me, I tell you what, I'm going to light the chimney here. Poor lad, gave him a drink. He sat down. Oh, it's not bad, actually. He starts out. Well, you have to light them like two hours before you have a drink, don't you? Right. To get them hot. Or poor lad was in basically a forest fire for like two hours. Plumes of smoke into his face. Stinking of smoke afterwards, having to bin your clothes. Yeah, he stank. Poor lad, I'm going, oh, welcome. It's nice to meet you and all that. (laughs) I can see his eyes watering. Bad. So if anyone gets a chimney Light it a couple of hours before you get yeah, some stink. They do stink your whole clothes out and everything. Do you have anything outside, Coulson, for you? Yeah, so well, obviously for me it's been cricket dominated because we are in summer. Started off on Saturday and it, it doesn't take me very long to get sunburned. Like, doesn't take me very long at all. So I, I'm rather pink, should we say, like on my arms. Um, but yeah, so Saturday, cricket dominated. Sunday... Back to Manchester because I was working Bank Holiday Monday morning. So I had to do the drive back here when everyone was ringing me saying, what are you doing today? Like, obviously, beautiful day. Bank Holiday Sunday. Let's all go and have fun. And I'm like, I'm driving to work. Um, Mm. So got back for work. Did Bank Holiday Monday. Finished straight to cricket. Straight back. But the the big feature for me is I ordered a bike in October last year. Hello. Chris Boardman. Colson Boardman. Is, is he, who's he? A cyclist. Who's he? Who's Chris? Who's Colson Boardman? <laughs> Chris Boardman, dead famous cyclist. That's Colson now. Beyond that. You could have said Bradley Wiggins or someone that we all... Chris I. Yeah, yeah. Colson Wiggins. <laughs> Colson Froome. Colson Wiggins. Colson Wiggins. I've got some tight pants. Have you got some tight pants? Have you <laughs> shaved your legs? Not, not for this bike because this my road bike's at home. But I've brought my gravel bike to Manchester, which has taken about six months to come. And now you've got the sun. But he's not one. He's not one that's bothered for the sun, really. I've ordered some Factor 110 sun cream. No, they don't do that. I Jack, I've ordered some, and it comes tomorrow. <laughs> oh my god! Is that just pure emulsion paint? <laughs> it must, you must put that on and absolutely be like a walking reflector. <laughs> I didn't know you could get 110. One, I only wanted factor 100 and I saw 110 and I went, best to be on safe side, innit? <laughs> I mean, you're, to be fair, Jack, you're, you are lucky, like, because having to worry about your skin in the sun it is a bit of a pain in the ass. Like, it is a pain in the ass. But on the bright side, my hair is going to be so fucking blonde, it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> what do you put on it, sunwise? Do you put a bit of lemon on there? Just no, it it literally, <laughs> as we established in series two, it's just John Frieda. <laughs> <laughs> it's John Frieda. What, do you just take him with you? <laughs> right. So if you're new to the podcast, you will know that we each set a film for each other and every third week we let you guys at home pick what we're going to watch. The way we do this is we put a post out on our social media, our Twitter and our Instagram where we ask you guys for suggestions. They're randomly selected, we get a four and we put them into semi-finals. So this week the semi-finals were Gilbert Grape versus Billy Elliot and... Battle Royale versus Friends with Benefits. I, don't, I didn't even know what Friends with Benefits was. Don't they just shaggy each other? From the title, you'd get mad. I mean, maybe, maybe we've missed out. Who will know? So, I don't know what Gilbert Grape is. Gilbert Grape, don't know what that is. In fact, I haven't seen any of these films. Gilbert Grape's a good film, but I think it, it's... 
It's DiCaprio's performance that stands out, isn't it? Yeah. Billy Elliot smashed it. Semi-final two, another landslide. Like the both films, I think won by like two thousand votes clean. Um, so it was a Billy Elliot Friends with Benefits final, and it was yeah. fairly tight. But Billy Elliot pinched it by a few hundred votes. Yeah. So that means we all sat down on the sofa to watch Billy Elliot, which was picked by Sarah, who listens to the Sofa Cinema Club all the way out in Vancouver, Canada. And this is what Sarah has to say for her synopsis on Billy Elliot. Hey, Sofa Cinema Club. Billy Elliot is a film set in County Durham, England, during the 1984 to 85 miners' strike. It follows the life of 11-year-old Billy Elliot, who is played by Jamie Bell. In the hopes to toughen his son up, Billy's father enrolls him in weekly boxing lessons, during which time he stumbles upon his unknown passion of ballet during a dance class taught at the same time. Despite his father's disapproval, Billy secretly takes ballet lessons when the dance teacher, Mrs. Wilkinson, played by the one and only Julie Walters, sees Billy's potential. It's a really great classic film, and I really hope you enjoy my pick. Good. She's got a Geordie accent. It's extraordinary. Yeah, I was trying to place her accent, really. It was a bit Canadian, a bit Scottish, a bit Geordie. (laughs) She gave it the full go. Yeah. Very good synopsis. Yeah. Very good. So, Colson, did you know anything about this film? No, but I I thought I was really, really going to like it, because I've told you about this running playlist I've got called V Camp Running, haven't I? Yes. So the song Electricity is on that playlist. From the musical. Yeah, so I thought, I'm going to fucking love it. Can't wait for him to belt this number out. So slightly slightly disappointed when the film finished, and I was like, ah. Well, it's not a musical, is it? No. What came first? The film. What's been more successful? No, both of them are the film and the uh, musical really successful. It was made by Aspect Tiger, who now do like all of the documentaries on Netflix. So I was like, that's random. When it came up at the start, I was like, it's really random because they don't do anything like it. But I guess it's a British company, isn't it? Yeah, I think there were there were, there were a lot of people who chipped in. Make it. Working title, BBC Studio Canal, a lot of people. And what's helped. that? Is that just everyone giving a tenner basically to make sure the film goes ahead? I think that's what it is. I think you have to just give £10 and you can make a film. <laughs> I'm making a film, haven't you need 40 <laughs> that's some, Yeah, it's spreading the risk. You probably couldn't get all the budget from everywhere. BBC Films will probably give you a bit. Uh, working title had a bit. And then, yeah, you split it. So, this question could go very, very wrong. Ben, is this like your generation? Uh Completely. I mean, Lee, who wrote it, wrote my youth theatre plays. So before this, Lee Hall, uh, when I was, God, when I was a real kid, probably just a bit older than Billy, was writing. He just came out of Cambridge. He grew up in Gateshead, and then he went and did English at Cambridge, and he came back and he started to write the plays that I performed at youth theatre, and all the plays we did were like. Like, really political. Miners' strike, poll tax. Before I went to drama school, I was living in a, like a miners' village that was exactly like where Billy Elliot was. Two buses a day. All the mines were shutting. So, yeah, I think I was in 84, 85. I was probably 13, 14. So this is exactly it. I was growing up in Newcastle. 
it was all over. I mean, everyone knew about this. So, it, yeah, it's a piece of my life, really. And then Lee wrote them. So it was like, it was a funny kind of, it's always been, I don't know, quite a familiar story to me. So the minor strike, that was obviously a huge thing in that period of time, wasn't it? That, you know. Yeah. So was that kind of a case of, I know there's a line in the film where it's like when it's the um, the dance teacher's husband that says, when it's costing you more to pay the miners than it is for the money you're getting out of the coal, like you do the maths, basically. And is, is that kind of what was said? Was it? Well, they were shutting them down. Thatcher was shutting them down. And Arthur Scargill, who ran uh, the miners' union, came out on strike. But there was a problem with, I think there was a problem with how the strike was balloted. But Thatcher just basically wanted to shut down the coal mines. And it meant thousands of people losing their jobs. Yeah, but I mean, communities, whole communities were mining communities. I mean, like you get, I suppose up north, you you went into Nissan and stuff like that. It's huge factories. Well, Castleford was a pit. Like that's what Cass is famous for. It was a working class mining town with a giant pit, basically. Yeah, so I, I mean... You could say, okay, you, you know, the coal's costing you more than you're getting out, but, you know, you're shutting down whole communities. I mean, that's all generations had ever done. So it was it was a huge deal. And then you still got miners with all the, you know, in the story you have, uh, we'll get to it, but, you know, you still had miners who went down the mines. The scabs. I think they called them scabs, didn't they? The scabs and everyone else who was picketing. So... Yeah, I think it went on for a year, but I mean, it was it was highly political. So let's go to the start of the film then. So we kind of meet the character of Billy Elliot, don't we? Um, he just seems like a completely normal kid. And the first kind of scene that resonated with me was when he's going to the boxing gym with his... Um, he's going to the boxing gym, isn't he, where all of his mates are. He's been sent by his dad. Yeah. They all kind of know his dad. His dad's a miner. His brother's a miner. They're all on strike and you can tell instantly that he's very working class and this is kind of what you do. You take your 50p, you go boxing and you see straight away that he doesn't fit in where he is and he kind of doesn't want to be around everyone else who's at boxing. And that's kind of the first time you see the dance as well, isn't it? Which is Mrs. Wilkinson, Wilkinson. she's called, isn't she? Yeah. By the way, I'm watching this and... It's just, it was a really weird moment. So I'm like, oh, I, I know I know the actress, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, but who is she? Who is she? Which is, I know this is bad. So I'm going, who is it? And I was like, oh, well, it's Mrs. Weasley. And I was like, so who played Mrs. Weasley? So I Google it and I'm going, fuck off. I didn't know that was Judy Dent. It's not- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love no. that. That's, keep, that's staying in. Do not cut that. That is, stay, that is I, I'll tell you what. And I went... I can't believe that's Judy Dench because it's not. No. <laughs> Who is it? I, I love that. I, that was so good. That's so Who is good. It? Who is it? Julie Walters. That's it. Who I think loves Corrie, you know. She does love Corrie, yeah. She's yeah. shouted Jack out before. Yeah. So I only recognised her as Mrs. Weasley because she looks completely... It's like if you look... Because I started looking at her career on IMDb and if you look at the stuff that she did like before 2008... Versus afterwards, like she's a complete, completely different person. Well, she is. She's Judy Dench. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Julie Walters. Julie Walters. 
But anyway, yeah. So so we meet Mrs. Wilkinson, old M from James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play. Always got a fag on. Always got a fag on. That's the kind of ballet teacher I like. She's there teaching ballet, isn't she? Obviously, all the boys are boxing. All the girls are doing ballet. That's kind of the split that you get. And it show, kind of shows a little bit of interest, doesn't he, in the ballet? And yeah. decides that he might join in, but only as a joke. And then that's, that's it, isn't it? He? he kind of leaves and goes home. Have you ever done any ballet? Ben will have done, won't you? <laughs> you know I have. You know I have. That's so shit. That's like a tag team. Anyone, hands, hands up. Anyone done any ballet? There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with ballet unless you're shit, which, which was me. I think ballet is fantastic and it's hard. What do you mean? So if you can't do dance to sort of put you in that? No, no. At drama school, my first drama school, you had to do ballet. You had no choice. I now understand why, because it is solid. To make those shapes look nothing like good is hard. It's hard, because it just, if you're not very good, you look cack. It's not giving it the Saturday night fever, where you can give it the old, you know, swing it around, and you think, ooh, a bit of dad dancing. Yeah. Ballet's set moves. Skill. Skill yeah. and strength. Real strength. I remember I went to the Royal Ballet. Um, I was doing a job and for some reason I had to go to the Royal Ballet rehearsal rooms. And it, it's unbelievable backstage, unreal, these studios they have. And all I heard, the noise you hear is the same as you hear in a gym. Like huge, so much pushing and lifting. And they had these two lads with this girl and they're obviously practicing a dance. And they are ripped because they have to keep this girl or move or whatever for t- two odd hours. You've got to be really, really talented. So, yeah, I did it. I had the old cheese wire, you know, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the old leotard. The dental floss. <laughs> the dental floss. At the bar, terrible. And then the, the, the person who's giving us, teaching us, really absolutely hard as nails. Come on, come on, turn out, turn out, turn out. You can't turn out. And I'm thinking, I've just come down from Newcastle. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, what am I doing? I'm in a leotard next to a bar. So, I mean, fair play. If you can do that, fair play. It's hard. Good old Billy. It's not easy. And it wasn't easy for Billy either, was it? You know, it's he, he's not, let's say, he's not a natural dancer, is it? He's not, he's not walked in and absolutely amazed them. But I think what, Mrs. Wilkinson as likes is the fact he's kind of got the balls to try it and he's not scared of putting the boxing gloves mm. down. He's got feeling, isn't he? Yeah. He's got feeling. And you also look at the rest of a class and they're all girls. There's no boys doing it, is there as well? So this is the first sort of lads that's shown any sort of attention whatsoever to it. That was the only thing for me. I didn't feel I got... To- one of the things, I didn't feel I got to know her enough. Well, when it ended, I waited for the credits to see who went down as supporting actor, basically. Yeah. And I was like, there should have been more. It should have been a tale of her teaching him. There was quite a lot of the home life stuff, which I guess was important for the sense of the time. But the the like the story that would have been beautiful, I guess, would have been her teaching him how to dance. 
And there's that bit in the film where she kind of disappears for half an hour. Yes. Because it's all on the dad where he basically says, I'm his dad and I'm in charge and I'm going to do this my way. And then there's the end scene where they go and watch Billy. And she's not there. She wasn't available. Ah. She got nominated for an Oscar, though, for that role that you don't think she was really in. It's not that she was... I think there should have been more. I think I would have liked to have understood a bit about her as a teacher. We saw the home life, the you know, the the husband who'd just been made redundant. I would have liked to have just seen, how did you get end up teaching ballet in a mining community? What had she done before? Just slightly. Not much, just a bit. Mm. So anyway, Billy's he's doing the dancing... And he's pretending he's boxing, isn't he? Yes. And home life's not simple, is it? Mum's died. Mum's died. And they've got the nan to look after, who's we- got Alzheimer's or dementia, yeah, isn't she? Yeah, And the nan is the mum's mum, I am assuming. So they don't really love her. Is that what you're getting at? Well, it's like... <laughs> I never thought about that, actually, Coast. Good point. I never thought... I never thought... There doesn't seem to be that much of a relationship between <laughs> yes, the, dad the dad and, and the nan. Yeah. But the nan and Billy, he like, and he takes her to the grave, and I kind of thought it, that the connection has to be that, and she's more... If you split that family in half, you've got dad and two sons, both the minors are hard as nails and don't want all to do with it. Nan is encouraging him to play the piano. Nan is saying, I could have been a professional dancer. So it's like... It is in his genes, and it is coming from one direction, but there's only one person who's going to support him in that family, and it would have been the mum who's dead, so mm. it's all on, yeah. like, Nan sort of thing. But it, it, it's a kind of awkward, tough situation at home, isn't it? Because they're not working, there's not much money coming in, and being a dancer, I think the theme throughout the whole film is it's seen as being something that only a gay yeah, person yeah, yeah. would do yeah, and yeah. not what a straight person would do. So that's kind of the other theme throughout that you know you've got you've in this kind of eighties like storytelling, you've got the miners' strike, you've got homophobia, and you've kind of got the power struggle with women, haven't you? And it feels a million miles away, like the dad had never been to London. Yeah, it, it's as far away mentally as you're going to get, I think, for them in that village in the middle of a strike that your son would like to go and be a ballet. It's like. I think it could have been anything. Oh, I want to go to the moon. Yeah. It's just it's just so undoable when you're breaking the piano to light a fire. It's so far away from a reality. And I think this part of it is the dad the dad almost wants to weirdly protect his son and push him into what worked for him. If you do this you'll be all right. If you do the other you won't be. I'm I'm frightened. Mm. And even the nan says, I think you should get a trade. Like, you know, they're all kind of very much like, this is what your path is to do. Something to fall back on. Yeah. Well, it's not even to fall back on. It's. I think dancing isn't in the question, is it, in their point of view? They they don't believe in it whatsoever. Wasn't there that thing, though, at school, Ben, where people... It was like the careers advice officer would come to school and ask you what you wanted to be, and you used to have to... What? Careers advice? There wasn't any (laughs) sudden... Yeah, no, but it, if a guy came in to school and asked you what you wanted to be, like you wouldn't be able to sort of say like a dancer or anything. You have to be joiner, electrician. No, I wanted to be an actor. And I grew up in Newcastle at that age. And I, but I mean, the careers advisor isn't going to, yeah, isn't going to know what, what I mean. to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got no job. I mean, I was quite open with the fact I wanted to be an actor, but I mean, 
there was no way, there was absolutely no way the careers advisor was going to go. No, I know. Yeah. Get to you theatre or do something, you know, which I did. When you sat down with your careers advisor, did you want to be an actor? I didn't. I missed that day. I wasn't there for that. You weren't there. You were were already acting. (laughs) I were acting. Because when I sat down with my career advisor, which will have only have been six years ago, he outright told me to my face to think of something else. But I'd already been in Corrie for four or five years. You wouldn't have mind if it was you need something to fall back on, because you can still say that now. But it was very much of, yeah, it doesn't happen for people like us. And it's like, I've been doing it for five years. Well, I started acting when I was 10 in 1998. In 1999, when I was 11 years old, the same age as Billy Elliot, I went, I was lucky enough to go for the audition for Billy Elliot for this film. Wow, here we, here go. we go. This is where it steps up. You didn't know that, Coles? No. Oh, yeah, I auditioned for this film. Right. Tell us, Sorry. give us your Geordie accent, man. So that well, no, we the, we weren't asked to do Geordie accents, and we we were just asked to do it in as normal accent. I I don't know why. And Jamie Bell is a Geordie, isn't he? I know, but listen, I don't think they were too privy about the actors being from native um, Newcastle or Durham because Julie Walters is not from there. Um, Gary Lewis is not from there. The lad who played his brothers from Manchester, yeah, actually, yeah. is from Withenshaw. So I don't think they were particularly bothered if the accent wasn't perfect. So um, they just asked if you could dance and if you could act. So I could read the, read the script and it was arguments with uh, my brother and my dad. Uh, in the audition, and then we would have, then we'd have, then we'd have dance um, auditions. Could you dance? I could dance. I could dance. I wasn't as good as tap as what Jamie Bell is. You were a bit more of a disco guy. I was more disco, more night. <laughs> no, I was good at the dance. I could, I could do the dance. My problem was, I think, I was very, very, very small. So, although I was eleven years old, I probably looked about seven or eight. And I don't think I was as good. I I wouldn't have been as good as what Jamie Bell was in this film. I don't think so. I think he's cast perfectly, actually. He's from there. He can dance. He can act. I think he's perfect casting for that part of Billy Elliot. How did you feel when it came out? Um, A bit gutted, I suppose. How far down the process did you get, do you know? I had an audition um, in Leeds... And then there was talk of me going to the recalls, but then they responded back and said I was too small and too young, even though I was the right age. But like I said, I was... The the look. I was tiny, and I really did look really young. It wasn't to be, I guess. And uh, the other lad, he... You know who plays his friend? Yeah. He auditioned for Billy as well. They were in the final audition with each other, I think. And one would get Billy and one would get... The friend, I think, yeah, which he's very good as well. That other lad, they have a nice friendship, don't they? They really do, really lovely friendship. Yeah, it's quite a sweet film, isn't it? Yeah, I think you'd have been a great Billy Elliot, Jack. Not as good. I think Jamie Bell it absolutely knocks it out of the park. I think. Yeah, he is very good. He's extremely good. He's in every scene, isn't he? He's in every scene. Yeah. He's never off screen, and I think he stands up to. Julie Walters and, yeah, you're and right. Gary. Yeah, he's just as just as much of a, as a force on the screen as what they are. He's very, very good. Yeah. 
So we get to the point in the film where he has been missing boxing for a while to kind of take up ballet. Like, it is his hobby now, isn't it? He's kind of made friends in the class. He's got a connection with the teacher. That girl's great. Girl's good. (laughs) That girl is great. Who fancies him? Who's Julie Walters' daughter fancies him? She's great. (laughs) She's just so, she's so deadpan. She plays it so well. Just so, she's very good. I liked the first, like, line with, well, not the second scene where they're driving out of the ballet and she says, um, you owe me 50p. And he's like, no, I don't. And then she says, why are you doing boxing? You shit at it. (laughs) (laughs) Her just delivery of, they use language really well in that film. Like, really well. Like, well written, I would say. It's extremely well written. Yeah. So we find a point where the the boxing coach is a friend of Billy's dad, isn't he? Yeah. Billy's dad obviously has a history of boxing. So does his granddad. And they're on the picket line and he turns around and he says to him, listen, mate, if it's about the money, you don't owe me anything. Just keep sending him. And he goes, you what? And he goes, we've not seen your Billy for months or thing at boxing. And he's like, right, okay. So the next night it's boxing his dad follows him down to the gym and realises that he's on the first floor ballet dancing rather than boxing. And he kind of storms in and sees him dancing and kicks him out and drags him home. And at that point, Mrs. Wilkinson kind of tries to defend him. And Billy says, no, like this isn't your fight. This is never... And you can kind of see in him in that moment, this is the end because he's never ever going to be allowed to do this. And that's kind of the feel that you get, isn't it, when he almost goes home with his dad and he's sent to bed, basically. It's like, it is a punishment. But Billy kind of grows in confidence after a conversation with Miss Wilkinson, because he goes around to her house, doesn't he? Mm. And he, he sees her life, he sees a daughter, and he has a scene with the daughter, and she kind of says, you know, stand up to him, tell him what you think. And he's like, well, I'll get hit. And she's like, well, so what, basically? And then they have the weird pillar fight and then there's that moment. As if your mum wouldn't go fucking airless with all those feathers everywhere. And then getting in the car. Getting in the car covered <laughs> yeah. in feathers. Yeah. I, I was thinking, how's he explained you're that? Gonna get the, you're going to get a clip there, aren't you? I was about to kiss your daughter, but then you told me my lift was ready. <laughs> but that was, yeah, that's a really lovely scene, isn't it, in the car? It is, actually. And I thought, as kids, that must you must have been terrified, 11-year-old, having to almost do that kissing scene on a bed with a girl. Yeah. Fair play, and fair play to her. She does it very, very professionally, where there's no kisses, there's no lips that touch, but you can see in their eyes that there is there is something, and the way she sort of just touches his face with her finger, I thought it was a real true moment that. yeah i really really did like that scene it was a good scene and then it, it was followed by the scene in the car wasn't it at the corner of billy street where mrs wilkinson basically turns around and says i'll teach you private one-to-one your dad doesn't have to know and he kind of says okay let's do it it's the rocky moment when you hear the bell isn't it ding here we go we're off well she she plants the thought then as well of northern ballet school doesn't she why is it called Northern Ballet School when it's in London? Can Royal. You that? The Royal. Oh, I'm I'm thinking of the one in Manchester. Yeah, it's called the <laughs> no, Royal Ballet yeah. School. And what she was saying was, they'll do an audition in Newcastle for the Royal Ballet. Uh, but he misses that one, doesn't he? So he has to go down to London. 
They used to do it with drama school a bit, but then actually you always ended up having to go to London anyway to audition for drama school. Is it like they're just saying, yeah, look at us, we're getting up, we're giving all the poor Northern people a chance? Well, I suppose you want to try and cast your net as wide as you can, can't you? Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's a fair old trek from Newcastle to London, especially if you've gone on that fucking coach. That's grim. I've done that before. Oof. That's like Phileas Fogg. <laughs> you set off on a Wednesday, you arrive next Wednesday. It's fucking long do that. It's a long do, especially if you're stopping off. So he does grow the confidence. As his dancing gets better, as he improves, his confidence kind of improves and it gives him the balls to kind of stand up to his dad and say, do you know what? Actually, I want to be a ballet dancer. I want to be a dancer and I want to go to the Royal School of Ballet. And um, his dad's like, absolutely no fucking way. And Mrs. Wilkinson comes round to the house and there's that, quite tough scene where the brother kind of pushes him onto the table and it's a bit like go on then perform and it's tough because mrs wilkinson saying no billy don't like and he kind of wants to he kind of wants to show them yeah what he's about there and then but he doesn't and it's tough because you know he he's not going to get the approval that he needs from the family is he 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 just it, it seems miles away i think it's too frightening I think it's all too frightening. I think what they're going through is frightening. I think the talk of money is frightening. Going away to London, doing something they don't understand and they can't see. Because he could be shit. Yeah, it could be pie in the sky. And then what have you got? It might not work out for you. It's like when you watch X Factor and they come and they have the behind the scenes chat and like their parents are like, my mum's died, I've got this, I want to do it for her. The sub story. Yeah. There weren't any of those shows. So actually, if you did say you wanted to be an actor or a dancer, I mean, I think I'm the only person to ever have acted from my school, Mm. ever. So it, it wasn't like, oh, we could try out for The Voice you know, in Sulphur Keys or whatever, that didn't exist. Cast Factor. <laughs> you don't fancy it, Ben? Cast Factor. <laughs> I fucking forgot. How big is that? Because that's stardom. But they didn't have that in the same way. So when he's talking about it, it's very different. In school, was just wasn't wasn't a thing. So there was a teacher's strike when I was at school. As well as a minor strike, there was a teacher strike and they stopped uh, certain classes. And one of the ones they stopped was drama. Uh, so there's me, little Billy Elliot, <laughs> wanting to be an actor, no drama. But that's what pushed me to you theatre on the quay side. And that's how I got to meet Lee. And that's how I got to understand I could be an actor. Because everyone from that youth theatre, in, in the end, ended up going to drama school as a kind of en masse Geordie thing. Get to pay for the audition for one and get there. Because I really related to that. You know, when he gets the audition, he's gonna to go to London. There's a really good bit where his dad's that, like that's that's the best yeah, bit in the film. The end the, the second yeah. half of the film I think is the best bit of the film. When his family get on board. Yeah. So what happens is there's a split between the family, isn't there? So it's Christmas Day, they're having the meal and the dad breaks down and you can't quite tell what's going on. But they all go their separate ways. Dad goes to the pub with his mates and Billy goes with his mate next door, doesn't he? He smashes the piano to burn the piano. 
his mum's yeah, piano. And that line of, do you think she'd mind? Yeah, I mean, that was, oh. <laughs> I'm like, Phew. and then they're burning it and he pokes it. Yeah, so they go off. They all go their separate ways, don't they? And they, um, Billy and his mate go to the boxing club, the dance hall, don't they? And he kind of gives his mate a, like, leotard, tutu, is it a tutu? Tutu. Gives his mate a tutu. And that kind of in itself is a message of him saying, do you know what? I accept whatever you want to be as my friend. I accept it. Here's a tutu. I'm going to teach you how to dance. Um, and when the lads are coming back from the pub, they see the light on in the boxing hall. They walk in, they see it, and then his dad sees him with another boy dancing and his dad just can't quite cope with it. And Billy's way of addressing it is he just dances and he just lets out. He does what he almost held himself back from doing when he was put on the table. And he expresses himself. And it's the best dance we've kind of seen so far from him in the film as well, isn't it? It's probably another Rocky moment, isn't it, of the big... You know, that, that's that big hit. And his dad just fucks off, storms off. And you can't quite tell what's going on, how his dad's taking it. And he follows him out the gym and his dad says, just go home, Billy, go home. And he does, he goes home and he's lying in bed. And then the next thing we see his dad running through the streets of wherever they are. And then he Dude. runs onto the posh estate, doesn't he? Yeah. And as soon as he's on the posh estate, I'm like, he's either going to say, what the fuck have you done to my son? Or oh, this is going to be the turning moment. And he knocks on the door and she's there, his old Julie Walters, having a great time. Turns up Christmas Day and she's there, isn't she, with the wine? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh, come in. We was just about to play Connect Four. Um, <laughs> Very Jenga. And that, that, that's the scene that you were just touching on, wasn't it, Ben? And then she says, well, look, we'll pay. And that was the bit where... I suppose I felt that the father was fully invested. He said, no, 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 we'll find the money. He suddenly caught hold of what it meant to Billy. But it's also the future that, what's Billy going to have? He's going to come into an industry that's falling on its ass that I'm in, where there's no light at the end of the tunnel, ironically. Yeah. I think also he's buying into his kid having a dream. Have a dream, son. You know, it might not work, but... I'm going to stand by. As much as I was against you, I'm fully behind you now. And that's kind of what he says to his brother, isn't it? So we see Billy's dad outside a bus giving his name and we realise that he's actually one of the miners that's gone against the picket line to go to work. And the only reason he's done that is to get money. And when the bus drives through the picket line, it's getting everything thrown at it, everything's going off and his son sees him in the bus and he sees his son in the crowd and he kind of jumps the fence and that's that's probably the best scene between them two isn't it where they kind of have that thing at the entrance to the pit and he's like no I, I have to do this I have to give him a chance he's an 11 year old boy he deserves better basically and that's his dad kind of taking responsibility for him and you know in the first sense I guess and it's from that moment that you know they, they got, they're they going to raise the money, isn't it, I guess. He sells the jewellery, doesn't he? The raffle. Sells his mum's jewellery. And the whole of the town kind of then gets behind getting this kid to London for an audition for his dream, which is something that at the start of the film seemed a million miles away. Yeah. Sending the kid to go to for a ballet audition. Like, it just wasn't a thing, was it? So he goes for his audition. He goes with his dad. He sits on the... Um, the one pound bus to London. Now to do no internet then. 
No phones, watch the road. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Play that game where you look at car number plates. I spy. Oof. That's a long journey. So it's obviously a very posh like manor house, isn't it? Where the audition is and they're completely out of their comfort zone. It's not what they're used to at all. And you see Billy getting ready for his audition. You see his dad snooping around. Bit of an awkward scene where he catches his dad watching the girls ballet. (laughs) (laughs) With the door open, just looking. I thought that was great characterisation though, what he's done there, Gary Lewis. Because... He is, I mean, even when he goes back to London at the end of the film and he's 12 paces behind. Yeah. And it's like, it is a new, another world. And there's even like little, little, little bits he's done when he's on the staircase and he's sort of like just brushing his hands against the, the banister and just feeling it. Great little scene pre-audition in the um, changing rooms. You must have had a few situations like that, Jack, because I can remember... I remember walking into auditions and going, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, for my Corey audition, I had my school uniform on, and at dinner time, I'd spilt beans down my school uniform. (laughs) 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 My school shirt was stained in, like, orange baked beans. We walked into the room, and apparently, like... I was with my mum and my sister because it was like we're going to Corrie, like family day out, and there was a, there was a lad getting his hair brushed by his dad, and I'm there, no clip on tie off, <laughs> beans spilt down. I went in like a scruffy t-shirt and jeans, and they were ripped at the knees, but not through fashion, just through like knee sliding, like wherever, <laughs> just from being a kid, and I saw all these kids in blazers and i'd never seen kids in blazers before like school blazers. i'd never seen that before and i just said to my mum what are all those gangsters doing good good fellas the only people i'd saw in blazers were gangsters from films that i'd seen and i had jeans and t-shirt on but anyway yeah calls he's in the um he's waiting for his audition and it's a great little line in it from the posh kid gives him a good little line oh, about the cathedral. Yeah. I thought that was good. He says, oh, Durham. Yeah, you're from Durham. It's got an amazing cathedral, hasn't it? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been. <laughs> never been. Um, so we go to the audition and it's very much like an audition, isn't it? You know, long table, everyone there. And it's like a two-part audition, isn't it? So the first part, they make him dance and then they send him back out. But he doesn't get a, the reaction he wants, does he? So he kind of sits with his dad and he says, Dad, like, I've, I've fucked it up, basically. It's not going to happen. And then he goes into the changing rooms and <laughs> the little posh kid says... Oh, He's all over him, isn't he? Don't you worry. There'll be another... I think that's the whole point, is that it is such a monumental journey for him to be in that room. That other lad is probably... Yeah, well, he's probably just caught the tube. <laughs> or he, I remember going to drama school and someone's gone, oh, yeah, two stops. I walked here. I'm like, I've been on a bloody coach for like since Thursday to get it. Like, I I could really see that with Billy. Billy's thinking, you don't know how much we've sold my mum's jewellery. I've been beaten off my dad. We smashed the piano up. This is... This is big stuff. And that lad's going, oh, don't worry. There'll be another chance, Billy. And when he just goes, fuck off, and punches him, 
It is, <laughs> it is brilliant. And then it's like the second part of the audition with his parent, and it's almost like he's getting... He, you know, they, they read him the right act, don't they, straight away of, we you know, we, we don't accept that. And then they start to ask him questions. I thought that was another great scene with him and his dad because they ask Billy questions and then they ask the dad questions and he can't answer them either. Yeah. No, it's just, I, I thought it was really interesting to see how neither of them knew how to act in that environment. It was completely alien to them. And then they leave. Back to Newcastle. Yeah, and then once he gets there, they then have that dreaded, we'll let you know. And he has to just wait for a letter to come in the post, which takes a week or whatever. When I got into drama school, I had to wait for a letter. And and if you hadn't have got in, would you have been told you hadn't have got in? Uh, Yeah, you got a letter. But, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it's a week, ten days, and then the letter comes. It was a bit like Billy. I was given the letter by my mum. Did you open it in front of them? Or did no, she you... walked out. <laughs> she gave she one last. It wasn't like Billy's parents. It was sat round going, oh, I wonder what it's going to be. She went, the letter for you, threw it at me. It was in the morning. I was like, oh, okay. And I knew it was from there because I never got letters. It was a bit more than just getting in. It was a change in my whole life. I'd leave Newcastle. I'd move away. And I'd start to be able to do what I wanted to do. It felt very similar. It's a big change. You don't live in London. So when he got that letter, I could see that what was lovely is he opens the letter on his own. And you don't know whether he's got it or not by his reaction. That performance of not completely not knowing, but also being completely invested in his performance of opening that letter. Well, it's when his his family go in the sitting room, don't they, to console him. And because he's crying. And they think, oh, don't worry about it, Billy. But it's when he reveals he got in. That's what he's crying about, yeah. He's saying goodbye to them and his life. Great little scene on the bus at the end. Yeah. But good good scene. Um, brother showed a side that we'd never seen. Great scene with the grandma. Great scene with the grandma. I loved that. The way she held him so tight. His friend gives his friend a little kiss on the cheek. Thought that was nice. And then I, I I quite liked the scene five years later or whenever it was. Yeah, when they finally come down to London to watch him. Yeah, Swan I guess Lake. it was probably ten years later actually, wasn't it? Yeah, and my wife saw that production that he was in. That lad, he was it. He's a proper ballet dancer. Oh yeah, the guy who plays him at twenty five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. He's the real deal. So let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll rate it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Jack, you start. Well, to me, um I was gutted when this film came out. Well, not gutted. Gutted's the wrong word. But you know when you just kind of have a little bit, um, I wonder what it would be if I was in that role. But then I think it sort of came out after I'd got the the job at work. So I was only gutted in a sense that I didn't get it because of the success of what the film went on to go and do. You know, Academy Award nominations. And I used to watch the Academy Awards religiously and get up in the middle of the night to watch them. So when you sort of see a film that you had an audition for, it could have been you and you could have been there. It's kind of like... That's hard. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. But I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think I'd have done anywhere near as a performance as what Jamie Bell did. But you'd have liked to have had the chance. Well, I did have the chance, didn't I? And I fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Colson, you'd like to have had the chance, well, I did, and I fucked it. <laughs> What's it feel like, Jack, when you fucked it? Like electricity. <laughs> no, but... Oh God. Anyway, seeing it now, um, I do really like this film. For some reason, I always kind of relate this film to Kez. And I think Kez pulls at my heartstrings a lot more than this film does. And it's a similar sort of thing. It's a working class family with um, a child in it. And he's got one tiny little element of something yeah. good in his life. And in Kez, it goes a different way. Um than this film. In this film, it's sort of like a happy ending, and Kez isn't really, and it it that sort of um, stays with me a little bit more. Does that film emotion wise, and than this one. But I do think the performances from uh, Julie Walters, Gary Lewis, uh, and Jamie Bell um, are really, really good, really top notch. Daldry's done a great performance. Lee, what's his surname, Ben? Lee Hall. Brilliant writing. Um, my rating, I'm going to go... I'm going to go 8.2. Tough one for me, because I was absolutely buzzing when I found out this had won. You wanted the musical, didn't you? You wanted the, you wanted the leotards and the I, d- I don't know. I just thought I was absolutely going to love it. I thought that I was going to be able to relate to it and I I thought I was going to get something out of it which I didn't and I don't know if that's upset me or I I, I don't know but I didn't I didn't get what I thought I was going to get out of it and I don't know I don't know why that is it might be because I have like if if I have attachments with a song in a musical and that song maybe it is to do with that um but I think as a film so well written um both the young actors her and him stunning like as a kid who started at 11 like both me and you can say jack that 
they they're fucking mint, aren't they? Very good. Um, obviously worked really hard for the film to be put together on the budget it was put together on to be shot the way it was to kind of give me the feel of the eighties, like. Because I have watched other films like uh, Pride. Have you seen Pride? No. Like that's kind of set around that era, and it doesn't give you, it doesn't just tell that it it tells the story well. Like it gives you a feel of of what it was like to be Billy, I guess, to be the odd odd one out in that family. Um, but yeah, I I just don't know why, but I'm gonna go six. <laughs> Fucking hell! Fucking oh, hell, Colton! Jeez Louise! Six sloppy six! You fuck me! You've absolutely annihilated that! Fucking hell! I don't know why I didn't get it. Six. I've done a tiny little turd and handed it to you. Six. I think I really wanted to love it. For me, I guess there's other films that I can relate to that it didn't take me where I thought it was going to take me. But it's it kind of upset me that it has because I thought it'd be great for me. But then on the other hand, I know this is going to totally contradict everything I've just said in the entire podcast. I'm like famous for not understanding dance as well. Like dance shows in college, I used to think they were the most boring thing in the world. Like I, I, dance, I've never really got. So I don't know if that was something. I don't think the story of the miners and the colliery and all that probably resonated with you what it had taken for Billy to to get there you're much more in tune with that American version of life and high school you fall in love with the American version you don't fall in love with you know the colliery story with Billy probably and they're not singing and you expected them to sing yeah yeah Ben oh um yeah I don't know I don't know it's a very it's it's a funny film for me because it is, it is completely my little story, I suppose. Little Billy. I think when I first saw it, I didn't really like it. Why didn't you like it? In what way? I think it was just all too um, nice and easy. I know it doesn't seem easy, but it seemed a bit easy. It seemed, I don't know, just it all fitted. Do you know what I mean? And I think you're right with Kez. Yeah. It doesn't fit, and life isn't always like that. And it is a bit. Um, I think you're dead right with the performances. Absolutely stunning. I think the script is stunning. I mean, my wife did turn around to me and she went, "God, you've come a long way, haven't you?" You know, when I thought about me moving to London when I was young and and what it had meant to me. But I think I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna go eight. So yeah, there we go. So what's that in total? Twenty-two point two. I think that's 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 great. That's fair enough. Yeah. We're all little billies, aren't we, really? Us three, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. We're all little billies. We've all got our story. Oh, shit, it's my choice. <laughs> oh. That is a blinder. Wow. I like that. Keep that in, Henry. I like that. Oh, shit, he's looking now. Films with dancing in. No, I, I'm going on my list on my phone then. So I'm going on the list, which is a list that you two never want to see. He usually narrows it down. He usually picks one off this list, and he's got this Colson list. If we ever found that, being it's like gold disc, Jack. There's more chance of us getting into Area 51, Ben. Yeah, fucking hell, exactly. <laughs> is there life on Mars? Well, there could be. You're never seeing that fucking list. Right. I have two films in my head, yeah? 
and they could not be more different. Like, one you will love, and the other you will say about, and the audience might say about it. I just don't know which one to go with. Go with your heart. Go with your heart. Go with your heart. <laughs> go on, Billy. I am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with my heart, and I'm really sorry to you two. I'm really sorry to the people at home. I might not be as sorry to Ben. High School Musical two. No, you can't. Yeah, <laughs> you can't. You fucking what? No, this is bollocks. Oh no, Carl. You can't. I've ended the podcast. It's over. Oh no. Series four will be our final series. No, you can't, Carl. Colson, you're gonna. You're not gonna get a ten off this. I tell you now, son. I tell you now. You pushed your fucking luck. High School Musical two. Let's do it. So obviously, if if we can regroup and if we can pull together as a podcast, it's it's time for the jingle. Jack's <laughs> hidden gem, hidden gem. Of the week. I'm not even getting high. Week. <laughs> <laughs> right, Jack's hidden gem. Go on, cheer us up, Jack. Hidden gem this week. High School Musical three. <laughs> <laughs> hidden gem. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, you've seen it, Ben. I think I put it onto you to watch. Hit me. Danish film. Hello. The Guilty. The guy on the... I don't know what the number is for emergency service in Denmark, but... Very good. Very good film, Jack. Yeah. You've, you've got yourself Have back. Have I come onto, back? You had a bit of a blip. You had a blip with that fucking octopus. <laughs> but you've come right back with that. That is a great film, That's a listeners. really good film. It's a great film. It's called The Guilty, right? It's a subtitle film, Denmark, Germany, somewhere like that. And basically, it's a 999 emergency call, and the person ringing the operator, basically, it's a 90-minute film on this person listening to emergency calls. And it is really riveting. You do really get to learn the stories, and it follows this one story in particular that on this particular night... And he's on the phone with this person who's going through something at the time. And he's got to deal with it on the phone. It's a really, really, really good film. It's very good. It's very good. It sounds like, on paper, it wouldn't be. Great performances. It's a great film. In fact, Hollywood tried to um, replicate this film. Did they? Yeah. I think they called it The Call with Halle Berry. And it bombed. It was. It didn't work. It was shite. Um, but this, the guilty, Amazon Prime subtitles, and watch it in the original language subtitles. Not dubbed. Don't be fucking cheating and doing that dub shit. None of that. But yeah, the guilty. Get on that Amazon Prime. It's very good. So that's just about all we've got time for for today's episode. Remember. You can now catch us on a Monday where we're doing an extra episode, So Cinema Club Extraterrestrial. We would really appreciate it if you can get in touch with us on our social media. You can write to us on Twitter and Instagram at Sofa Cinema Club. Leave us a review or else that's going to go. My little section's <laughs> on borrowed go. time. It's on borrowed time. They're trickling in now. I've, I've written all the ones. I've written all the ones I can myself. So make sure you keep spreading the Sofa Cinema Club word. Keep shouting about us and keep listening. And um, we will see you 
on Monday or here on Thursday where we're watching High School Musical 2. Yes, number two. We might have already done it, but now it's time for number two. And I hope that we still have a podcast after I pick this film. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that's the end of it? What what stopped the podcast? High School Musical 2? <laughs> no, free would stop it. Free, free really is taking the piss. <laughs> and on that note, good night, God bless. Good night. Good night. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.